buddy. Hi, guys. Well, from rainy, drizzly, wet Salt Lake City, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, Dan, we're going to talk about um, a, a, a tragedy, an international tragedy. The, 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 the burning of a building. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, the cathedral... The the was the Paris is burning. That's all there is to it. Paris is burning. Yeah, really, really. Well, they put it out by now. Shocking and sad and and everything. So we 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 do want to talk about that because obviously there are, you know, there are implications of of, of, of interest. I think for this show. Well, yeah, um, yeah. To, to discuss. So anyway, uh, coming up first though, Dan. Yeah. Um. There is a new pamphlet. Out. Oh, that is available in Sweden. Oh, the land of pamphlets. Really, <laughs> really? Um, they, boy, you just can't get away from them. <laughs> it's it's food in tubes and pamphlets <laughs> everywhere, as far as the yeah. eye can see. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and yeah, um, <laughs> cheap furniture as well, and um, and water. Lots and of lots of water. Lots of uh, yeah archipelagos and whatnot oh nice yeah uh no the uh the church of england church of england church of sweden yes okay <laughs> be weird if it was the church, church of england but that's okay yeah. church of sweden has uh or at least one of the dioceses has uh issued this pamphlet it is now available to uh, uh christian queer kids oh it's a it's a guide on lgbtq uh, uh, topics in Christianity. Okay, so so generally speaking, in the larger scheme, when a Christian organization releases a pamphlet about LGBTQ, I brace for the worst. You should brace for the best. I was going to say, this is Sweden, though. <laughs> it's a different animal. <laughs> Talk to me. Uh, the uh, yeah, this you know, if you were uh, you know, maybe one of those more sort of run-of-the-mill American Christian types. Yeah. Uh, you might be a little stunned uh, <laughs> by this. Uh, you might you might be shocked, in fact, to hear that the guide describes Jesus as queer. Whoa! Uh, and Joseph as transvestite. What? That one's a stretch. That, that one, I'm... I, 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 included, I actually... Uh, take issue, Church of Sweden. <laughs> you, you don't want to just make stuff up whole cloth. Yeah, you're, you're going. I mean, to, the whole thing. I mean, made what up, did they base that on? Um, I'm not entirely sure, just, to be honest. Um, he, yeah, he so, liked his robes a little more flowing than the next man. <laughs> kind of, I think. <laughs> uh, so uh, the guide says that the that scripture uh, is not uh, actually. Against homosexuality. But the mm. Bible doesn't really say anything. It never mentions it by name, they say. Okay. Uh, and uh, and the, the, when it does talk, when it is on the topic of homosexuality, what, what it's actually talking about, uh, the, the stories that they're mentioning are actually about exploitation or rape. Huh. And... <laughs> that's that seems like a stretch to me too i mean i've read the leviticus where it says if a man lay with a man that doesn't sound like rape if a man lay with a man the way man lays with woman or something along those lines so maybe it is maybe because all all sex with women was rape back in the day probably and now and and they're just saying hey you can't you can't do that to a real person like a man <laughs> yeah Right, that's know. that's the problem. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the the guide includes definitions uh, for cis person, gender fluid, non-binary, queer, uh, two sex norm, rainbow flare fairs. I don't know what a rainbow fair is, um, but it says that uh, Jesus's mother Mary um, dared to break traditional sex norms in a patriarchal society. By having sex with God? Yeah. I guess being a virgin uh, mother. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's That broke some... Uh, I mean, is it daring or is it... Traditional sex norms. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. You know. She had a kid without involving a man. She... she well, 
that is that's pretty that's, that's pretty queer she's rejecting the patriarchy she is by doing that right <laughs> or just accepting the grandest of patriarchy uh jesus is described as someone who quote broke the norm calling him queer for the way he lived his life uh, and he, he and he, this is actually really I like this. Uh, they also point out that he did not defend the traditional family. Yeah, and that is true. Yeah, he actually says to leave your your family and yeah. come follow him. Yeah, he does a hundred percent. He says that. Uh, he says some other stuff about men and wife and stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, the fact that we don't have any evidence of him having married exactly, and we do we do have lots of evidence of him hanging out with a lot of. Uh, man's. Uh-huh. He liked the man company. All the time. Uh, well, I, br- I bring this all up. Uh, the I was able to read a translated version of uh-huh. this whole story from right. Sweden. You didn't learn Swedish to read I, it in its original? I, my name, my last name is not Buttigieg. Okay. Um, that's, anyway. You'll get that in a few months, everyone, if you don't <laughs> do it right now. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's all <laughs> yeah, I know. It's all about. over the place. But anyway, no, um, no. So I read uh, a translated Swedish article, sure, uh, that was just in, on sort of a newspaper and took more of a neutral stance. The the <laughs> this was actually from a Christian website. Oh, where is where I found it? Are they decrying and, it? Oh my God, they absolutely hate it. Uh, they say things <laughs> like, "No, this isn't just some radical college course about the Bible." <laughs> this is coming from the actual Church of Sweden. How dare they? Um, and they say things like, uh, the guide goes on to contradict scripture. Um, <laughs> the guide also includes definitions for leftist sexual terms. So I was, I was kind of skimming it. I was That's amazing. not including that, that aspect of it. But I did go back and verify this, you know, internet translated, uh, article to make sure that the details were were more or less correct it is a lot of fun if you can find so this here's a fun game for you listeners at home you can you can this is a home game the tgia (laughs) home game oh play along with us which is if you if if you like any of the stories that we talk about see if you can find where christian websites or christian news outlets are talking about the same stories yeah and listen to how they talk about it or watch how they talk about it that's fun They're outraged by everything. They're always outraged. Yeah. It's like they're neutral, just standard. It, yes. It's state. just it's just where they live. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm gonna take us to the Vatican. Um I will I will have in the in this show t- a tale of two popes. Oh, uh okay. and we'll 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 see the contrast. It's a very interesting contrast. One Vatican, two popes. Yeah, that's right. Uh-oh. And Boy, do they eat the poop. I don't know. Uh, I've never seen that video. Uh, anyway, um, here we go. Pope Francis this time, uh, who has decided that he has figured out a a unique way to create peace in the world. Oh, okay. Now, here's what's funny. Oh, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to where my brain went with this thing. Uh, he met with... Now, the, around this time of year, every year... He mm-hmm. usually like meets up with a bunch of like prisoners and washes their feet or whatever for Holy Thursday or whatever. It's a thing that he does uh, to to sort of be Christ like. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus washed the feet of the the people, and then they washed his feet. It was a sign of humility or whatever. There's a Holy Thursday. Yeah, I guess so. Huh. I mean, why not? <laughs> he is the Pope. They, they got holy every other day. Yeah. Uh. So this year. Instead of that, he he actually met with uh, the leaders, both the official leader and opposition leaders of South Sudan. Now, South Sudan, for those who don't know, uh, is a fairly recent country. It was yeah. only created a few years back and has been ever since engaged in a... Yeah, I guess they won their independence from Sudan in 2011. Okay. Because this... In, because... Most of South Sudan is one ethnic majority, and most of Sudan is another, and they were just at war all the time, so right. they broke off. Yeah. Well, it turns out that there was enough like, uh, split within South Sudan that they've basically been civil war in their own country. So now there's going to be like Southeast Sudan. Right, exactly. Southwest Sudan. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so it's been like 
You know, they broke off from Sudan in 2011, and in 2013, they, they've been, since 2013, they've been in a really bloody war. Yeah. At least 400,000 people are dead. Jesus Christ. From this thing. Oh, my God. It's not a big country. Anyway, uh, yeah. they, a very tentative peace process has, has started, and it's like, it's not going great. They had, a, you know, they, they, they signed an armistice. They have, you know, a ceasefire, but people still keep dying. People still keep they they're missing deadlines and all this stuff. It's not going great. Yeah, it's still holding on by a thread. But like, ugh. so the Pope met with these guys and decided to kneel and kiss their feet, the feet of both the rival leaders of South Sudan. Wow, did they know this was going to happen? I don't think so. They knew that they were meeting with the Pope. My God, and he basically he knelt down and he said. Uh, he said, quote, I express my heartfelt hope that hostilities will finally cease, that the armistice will be respected, that po- political and ethnic divisions will be surmounted, and that there will be a lasting peace for the common good of all those citizens who dream of beginning to build the nation. Hmm. Now, here, so my first response to this when I read it was, well, that's going to make a difference. <laughs> you know, you've got, oh, good. Some random white guy that neither of these political leaders actually cares about kissed their feet. Uh Well, that'll totally change the world. But then I realized what he's dealing with is just two guys. Yeah. Just a couple of emotional human beings. And you never know. Like, literally, (laughs) that gesture could be baffling enough to, like, make a difference. I don't know. I literally have no idea like how this whether this is a worthless stupid thing for the pope to do. It can't hurt. <laughs> like what is he Well, might get their attention. I mean, yeah, in some it, sort of way that I n- could see, nobody else has been able to get their attention. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh one of the one of the vice presidents of South Sudan uh whose name is Rebecca Nayadeng Garong, said, uh, I have never seen anything like that. Tears were flowing down my eyes. She she said she was uh, very, very moved by the whole thing. I bet it was moving. I bet it was shocking. I bet it was, it caught people off guard. Yeah. Ah, Pope Francis. I mean, so I... I like the idea of, like, a world leader, someone who is a very important person in the world. Yeah. Literally just humbling them himself and just saying, look, you're, the peace is more important than any of us. Right. It's more important than my dignity. Right. Or whatever. What's the most important? Oh, he gets off on this show. Oh, of course he does. But he's, but he's, doing, a, he's doing something for... To, he's making a show. He's making yeah. a point. Right. And, and, you know, he's using it at least for a, a good idea. Like yeah. peace in South Sudan would be great. I mean, Sudan just had a, they just overthrew their government. Right. With, but seriously, I mean, I mean, at this point, I'd like to find somebody in the entire Italian peninsula whose feet he hasn't washed or kissed or done something to. <laughs> this is an African. <laughs> it's totally different. He's moved out from Italy. <laughs> oh, you jerk. <laughs> All right. I, I, just now, I'm just imagining some tourist walking around the Vatican City, going, looking down at their feet, going, "Ew, ew I shouldn't have worn sandals." <laughs> hey, is the Pope available? I uh, look at the dirty tootsies. <laughs> They're dirty. I need them cleaned. Uh, yeah, pucker up, <laughs> Popey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and the title of this week's episode: Pucker up, Popey. All right. <laughs> I can I can make that happen. <laughs> okay, Dan. Yeah. Uh, we, a few. How long ago? How long ago did we talk about uh, the, the Indi- India's Supreme Court uh, lifting the ban on the the entry of women of menstrual age at that Hindu temple? That was what a couple months ago, a few months ago, six months six ago, six months ago, something like okay, that. Okay, sure, yeah. maybe. So that happened. I don't have a concept of time. Yeah, that's close enough. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, so that happened. Yeah. And that kind of opened up a little bit of an issue. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it did. Uh, obviously there were conservative Hindus who did not, uh, 
like that at all. A lot of people were not happy with it. But there were maybe some more uh, moderate or liberal Muslims who were watching the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Yasmin Pirzade. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> and her husband, uh, Zuber Pirzade. Mm-hmm. Um, they are, they're suing. Uh, oh. They have a... Uh, they have a petition, I guess. It may not be a... I don't know all these legal terms. Uh, but they, uh, they're they petitioning the India Supreme Court to uh, decide on the issue about women being allowed to worship inside uh, mosques wow. alongside men. And because there there's a, this practice in Islam that women... there And there are a lot of mosques in India yeah. that don't allow women... At all. Right. And then a lot of, there's some of them that will have like a partitioned off area right. or some section somewhere where they're able to go. Yeah. Uh, my understanding is that mix. all mosques are non-mixed. Like it, if we, if women of, pray in a mosque, yeah, they pray in a different part of the mosque than the men. Yes. I think that they at least uh, have men over here, women over there. Yes. Uh, I think that's probably the most mixed that it gets. And I don't know that to be true. Um, But um, definitely there are are mosques where it's more partitioned. Uh, When I visited the mosque here in Salt Lake, uh, it was actually sort of a balcony area. That the ladies were on? That the ladies are up on. Okay. They have to go upstairs. And there were like video cameras that had a feed of the imam. Oh, that so that they could watch him on on a feed rather than well, you that's, know, that's all that kind dumb. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are suing to allow women to allow women to be mixed in. Oh wow! And uh, because and this this is where it gets really interesting. Um, their petition says, like men, women also have the constitutional right to offer worship worship according to their belief. Huh. Right. There should not be any gender discrimination um and uh and we should allow women to pray in all mosques wow that's you know the indians the indian supreme court has been has shown themselves of late to be quite willing yeah to dip their fingers into what's happening in the religion well there must be some that's gonna mixture they must love uh riots we just don't (laughs) because they're gonna get them if they if they if they go through with that, uh-huh. they're gonna get themselves some more riots. They are gonna, yeah. Islam is not one to take things sitting down. But here's the thing: um, like in India, like in Hinduism, the government owns the the temples, right? Or like at least there's no there's no organization that owns the temples that can sort of make the rules, right? I don't know that that's true for the mosques, except I, there are some historic mosques that I'll bet the government does own. I went I have to one. No in, idea. I went to one in Delhi, which I can't imagine is owned by is and take paid for by anybody but India because it's such a it's like a national landmark. Right. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. But what I am uh, really interested in here is uh, yeah this this willingness on sort of the highest levels of government to make decisions about how people practice faith in their nation yeah i i i there's something about that it's interesting that as long as their laws also allow space for me <laughs> right right i'm kind of i kind of like the idea of because what it's saying is the 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 state is more important and the people are more important than these religions right and we tend to in this country have this opinion that the, that the religions are more important. Right. And I think it's probably a much healthier view, to be honest, to have a, 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 a power, yeah. a secular, ostensibly secular power that it has more, that is more important in your right. system um, than, uh, now that's obviously something you got to be careful about. Right. Right. But at the same time, there's something to me, the atheist, that is kind of appealing about that. <laughs> As long as I know that I'm protected too, it just feels dangerous to me. It just feels there, like like I know it's, but it, it I know. I mean, so so there is a line to walk. Yeah, and it's fascinating to watch different countries walk the line differently. Yeah. All right, I'm going back to the Vatican for Pope 
uh, Pope story number two. Oh, okay. This time, Pope Benedict. Pope, oh, Pope Emeritus. He's he's Benedict. still alive. Still alive. We still have two popes. It is a it is a two pope <laughs> problem, and that's the thing is that like he didn't stop being a pope. I know. He just retired from like popely duties, and right. nobody really knows what it means. Like if he promised he would just step out of the next pope's way and not not be a burden or not be a bother to anybody. Right. And he has he's been basically silent for yeah. the bulk of the time since he stepped down. Just enjoying those those Prada slippers. Yes, indeed. Uh now he has spoken up. And uh, uh-oh. And uh-oh. What he what he wrote was immediately criticized as and this is the RNS uh, I don't know who they were quoting, but they put it in quotes. Catastrophically irresponsible. wow oh no what did he say uh okay so he decided that he needed to uh talk about the uh priest sex abuse crisis oh no uh because he knows why it has happened oh god he has a really good sense of why uh why there have been all these problems brace yourself uh Basically, what happened was that uh, the 60s occurred. <laughs> oh, those damn 60s. The sexual revolution happened. The, the sex started showing up in the uh, in the movies. Uh, Goddamn baby boomers. And and suddenly <laughs> all of the seminaries were, uh, were, were thrown into. They had homosexual cliques in the cemeteries. Or cemeteries, seminaries, which, of course, have never happened before. No, no, no. Before the 60s, everything was on the up and up. Matter of fact, none of the priests that were ordained before the 60s ever did any of the pedophiling. Right. Don't worry. Uh, Which is obviously not true. Um, Oh, my God. But yes, it was the the homosexual cliques, uh, which acted more or less openly and significantly changed the climate, he said. (laughs) I feel like he really tips his hand, though, a little later in the paper when he says this. Okay. (laughs) Perhaps it is worth mentioning that in not a few seminaries, students caught reading my books were considered unsuitable for the priesthood. (laughs) My books were hidden away like bad literature and only read under the desk. (gasps) Oh. Oh, which a poor little ratsy surely isn't true, <laughs> and b he's like makes the whole thing just sour grapes. Oh, poor Ratzinger! They're not doing my kind of priesting. Oh. That's why, if they well, would just if they would just go hard right on everything, a nice Germanic hard right, yeah, on everything, we would all be better off, and no priest would ever rape a kid again. There's so much, so catastrophically irresponsible. Is yeah. That what, how was it described? That is exactly Wow. It. Well, you know what? He had his chance. <laughs> he had his chance to, he could have. Well, I'll tell you this. Had all the reform he wanted. And he could have made everybody read as much of his books as he wanted. Right. Right. Yeah. It's true. Here's the thing. He did work hard. Well, he worked. Here's what he did. He put in a lot of effort to stop, uh, priest molestation but his uh, his whole effort was just defrock the priests who did it so he defrocked a whole lot of priests he basically fired a whole bunch of priests right does that mean he did anything systemically no he didn't he didn't look at it as a systemic problem at all he looked at it as an individual problem right um but now he's looked at it as a systemic problem, and the, syst- the problem is they're just not reading his books enough. <laughs> also, there are some sexy movies out. So it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's so hard yeah. to, be a, to be him. Poor, poor guy. He has so many ideas, and he, just, and he promised to keep his mouth shut. He just couldn't. He, he just couldn't. couldn't. Well, when his ideas are that good. When he, when right. he knows so oh, well. He's got it. Yeah. He's got his finger on the pulse. Uh, his bony, disgusting f- finger. Uh, Actually, he's the fleshier of the two. Is he? Yeah. He still looks like the Emperor from uh, from Star Wars. 
He's a creepy looking dude. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Dan. Mm -hmm. Students at Taylor University. Are you familiar with Taylor University? I don't know it. It's a small evangelical uh, Christian school in Indiana. I'm glad I don't know it. Yeah. Uh, about 3,000 students at, okay. any, at any given time. Sure. They, uh, and they're just outside of Indianapolis. Okay. So now you, now you have a picture. Got it. Right? They, the uh, Midwest, the, the heartland. Yeah. They, they somehow were able to, to, uh, get, uh, um, uh, vice president Pence. Oh, to agree to come and do their commencement speech. An Indiana thing. native himself. Yeah, right? Just and, seems and, fitting and Christian. And, uh, and, and outspokenly Christian, yeah. yes. Yeah. Seems perfect. Seems, Seems exactly what a Christian university right. would want. Yep. So far and so on. Well, uh, they have gathered, remember, 3,000 students. Yeah. 3,700 signatures. Okay. Uh, asking Taylor University uh, to rescind Pence's invitation. Why? Saying, inviting Vice President Pence to Taylor University and giving him a coveted platform for his political views makes our alumni, faculty, staff, and current students complicit in the Trump-Pence administration's policies, which we believe are not consistent with the Christian ethic of love we hold dear. Wow. Um, and, of course, Christian or uh, Pence, rather, has, you know, he's... Like you say, he's clearly on record about his Christian values. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Christian uh, values, which include uh, never aborting a baby. Right. Uh, and this is what Jesus talked about. Right. Locking up immigrants. Yes. Uh, and uh, and hating on gays. That's on what gays. Jesus was all about. Those three things. Right. Are the only things Jesus cared about. Absolutely. You know, so what are they complaining about? They're Christian too. It's perfect. <laughs> well, they're saying that's not. That's not. I mean, they're not saying specifically that those are the things that they're not about. But they know that 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 especially this ad- current administration, uh, it ain't really y'all. Doesn't mm. really embrace Christian values very well. Goodness. Even though the Christian right seems to fucking love them. Yeah. Uh, here's some evangelicals in large numbers. You know, at yeah. least a large percentage of their community saying, mm, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Was there anything else in here? Uh, well, I mean, this does, you know, uh, Pence did give the uh, commencement speech uh, in 2017 at Notre Dame. Do you remember this? I don't really remember this. A bunch of students walked out during the speech. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. Sure. Good on them. Yeah. There you go. I feel like there's a crisis in this country. Christians don't even know what they believe. Although well, I, I recently read a th- an article that just said that uh, religions in this country are moving, have all basically moved further right yeah. pol- on the political spectrum. There's another crisis, Dan. Uh-oh. Which is that universities are having a hard time booking speakers because... without having people get onto change.org. Right. <laughs> file a petition to no i don't like that person right yeah everybody feels like they have a right to their person speaking do you know who spoke at my fucking commencement commencement? no who did oh it was the george w bush era yeah and it was his secretary of defense oh not no not defense it was good it was i mean it was a get um, he was a cabinet member. He was a cabinet member. Okay. And I remember just being mortified. <laughs> but I went and I listened and he said nice things. Yeah, that's what they do. You know? They gen- they generally they generally tend to just say some nice things. Yeah. They don't politicize it. They don't like yeah. get their jabs in. Right. Because that would be a dick thing to do. Right. They talk about the world and what, you know, and and you guys are the light and the hope of our country, and we hope that you do well and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to take us to Missouri, this fine state of Missouri, where oh, yeah. uh, a bill has just passed their house and then goes and now it goes on to their Senate. Now, uh, you, won't, you probably won't be surprised to learn that both the House and Senate of Missouri 
are uh, dominated by Republicans. Oh. Uh, yes. I said you won't be surprised by that. <laughs> uh, and so this is a bill that apparently takes aim directly at uh, atheists in Missouri. Because all it does is change the law so that atheists, if they want to, if they want to bring a church-state separation lawsuit, have to do. If they're adults, they have to use their their real names. Oh God! Now this is an issue because normally in in a state, uh, a judge can determine whether or not a plaintiff can use a pseudonym, right? Because their life or their or or their safety right could be in jeopardy right and let me tell you something <laughs> just because they got the name christian doesn't mean that they will not attack your house right. attack your family and attack you if they think you're trying to attack christianity i will i will defend my lord by blowing up your house because you don't like this cross on on state property or whatever yeah. and it's just one of those things where it's like a known fact that people get harassed, they get, uh, you know, they get attacked if they bring one of these lawsuits. Huh. Well, this uh, Missouri State Rep. Hardy Billington sounds fake. Uh, <laughs> has brought the, has has introduced this bill. It's passed the House. Yeah, it will change the 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 law so that uh, at least kids won't. But if it's an adult plaintiff, uh-huh. they must use their real name. Just, just so I mean, there's uh, you know, as Hemant Meta on his site points out, there's no benefit to the public, no, for this of this law. This doesn't help anybody. Well, no, 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 no. It does help me. It helps me know whose house I'm burning down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's just a doxing law. Yeah. It's just a law for for doxing. Yeah. People that they don't like. Absolutely. To encourage the worst of the Christians to do what they do. Yeah. Continue yeah. to be scary so that these people are intimidated and they won't bring the, the lawsuit and we get to keep our thing on public property. Right. That's, that is the train of thought. That is exactly it. it yeah. Let's intimidate them out of doing the and thing that, complaining about that, things. that annoys us. Yeah. Shut up. Stop complaining. We were here first. Yeah. Shut your fucking mouth. It's a Christian country and a Christian state. Right. And we're going to prove it to you. Because we're going to act like a bunch of Christians, right? We're going to we're, we're going to pass this law as dicks Je- to you, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed be the bullies, <laughs> for theirs shall be the public spaces. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to write to us and tell us about the bullies, in, the Christian bullies on your block, feel free to do so. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yep. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click on that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA members only lounger. Request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Indeed. Hey Dan. Yes, sir. Mark Taylor. Oh, the uh, the firefighting, prophet. no, the no longer firefighting prophet, the mad prophet of the internet, the, the global conspiracist and uh, and prophet profiteer of profiting. Oh, indeed. Um, yeah, he's got something to say about uh, abortion. <laughs> He is. Oh boy. He he knows what's coming, you guys. This is part of what being a prophet is all about: is that you know what's coming. You don't uh, just know what's now. No. You know no. what what's going to be happening soon, and he knows. Well, he talks to God, and God talks to him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two way street. It's not. It's a, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anybody can just talk to God. I talk to God all the time. Do you? I mean, no. No, you don't. <laughs> Liar. All right, let's listen. When you're talking about control and the abortion issue that go hand in hand, it's the, also the population control. Mm-hmm. This is about controlling the population because on the Georgia Guidestones, they only want 500 million people on the planet. And it's all written right there on the Georgia Guidestones. 
my friend Sheila Holm is the one that exposed a lot of this stuff with the Georgia Guidestones. Her and Chris McDonald actually physically went there. She was been there numerous times, done uh, shows on it or stories on it. Um, mm-hmm. She's written it in her books uh, plenty of times. All that information is in her books. Um, so, I mean, but when you look at the population control, and I'll tell you what else is, fix, is, is probably going to expose, be exposed, and I'll release it here for the first time. I haven't even said this publicly, I don't believe, is that look for these guys, the extreme left, the extreme globalists, that when a woman gets pregnant, their goal would be to take the woman and the child. Wow. So because how- you're, you're, you're actually getting, and I hate to use this phrase, but, you know, I, I just, you got to call it like you see it, but it's like taking two birds in one shot almost. Mm. Because when they... Look for that somewhere in the world that these elites go, you know what? When you get pregnant at this point, we're going to take the mother and the child. He is a smart, smart man. He gets it. Yeah. He, he really gets it. He can read that, the writing on the wall. Other people don't get it like he gets it. Yeah. It's so funny because, so, okay, this clip sent me on a, down a rabbit hole. Oh, really? Well, I've never heard of Georgia Guidestones. I had no idea what the fuck he was on about. And let me tell you something. You know, these it's so weird, the crossover between bizarre conspiracy theorists right. and Christianity. Ah, uh, yeah. And they're all tied in. The, the Flat Earth Movement is all tied into Christianity. And they all tie to... The, and it doesn't matter what the uh, conspiracy is. If, right. it's an, if you're a 9-11 truther, somehow you then also become a... A flat earther and you right. also become and and it's all because of jesus somehow but it's also because of the illuminati and it's all it's all uh, interwoven right these georgia guide zones though are pretty interesting they're just out in a field in georgia okay in the, the united state of georgia <laughs> not the country of georgia and they are these giant like 20 foot tall stone like like granite rock it's a it's a very large thing uh that's that that apparently the story is that some guy calling himself Robert C Christian which uh, which is obviously <laughs> what a, what a, a beautiful name pseudonym uh approached a a, a granite co- finishing company and was like hey I want to build this giant thing okay and they were like they thought he was just a nut so they quoted him some outrageous sum and he was just like Great. Let's start on Tuesday. He was like, was wow. fine with it, and okay, and claimed apparently that it was uh, that it, he represented a group of quote loyal Americans, oh. uh, and they and they commissioned this whole big thing, and it it's it's these four giant tablets of stone. Standing tall with one with a pillar in the middle and a capstone on top, and you can see through them. And apparently, they line up with like uh, the sort of the with astronomic features. Oh, there's a channel that indicates the celestial pole and slots that indicate the annual travel of the sun, and all of these things that line up with the. Oh, he just didn't. He just didn't want something simple, some statement. No. This thing. This thing has like cosmic significance. Yes, exactly. Oh no! The sunbeam so, that comes through the capstone uh, apparently marks noontime throughout the year. They unbelievable! Had, they had to line it all up and get the angles right and everything. They had to pull out a sextant, probably. <laughs> yeah, and a and a, a, a yard arm. No, I don't know. I, I don't know oh, who. I don't know. Uh, but it does have this, this list in multiple languages. Oh of 10 uh, guidelines, guideposts, whatever. Um, Please tell me there's like one language on there that nobody knows what it is. No. There should be. There should be. Uh, it's English, Spanish, Swahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, traditional Chinese, and Russian. Wow. I don't know. Why Spanish? I don't know. They should have put Esperanto on yeah, there. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been good. Anyway, or, or Latin. I don't know. Klingon. <laughs> they should have done it in Klingon. Dothraki. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, apparently... So the guide, the guidelines, these, these rules uh-huh. are do start with maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. 
Now, how they decided uh, that that is the correct number to be in balance with nature, yeah. I don't know. That's really weird. Uh, I do think that our population's getting a little on the scary side. I think that we're doubling our population at an alarming rate now every you know few years. We're, we're good at fucking. <laughs> we are. We also demand a lot of resources for each oh. of us, so. Pish posh. Yeah. Pish posh. I mean, man. I'm I'm down with like we're clever, clever re- little monkeys reducing population growth, but uh, yeah, I don't know wh- how they came well, up. How, and, they don't and, list why it's 500 million. They just say that's the right number. Well, and how would you ever sustain the economy? The economy would collapse. <laughs> Fucking hate that line so much. <laughs> it has to be growth, otherwise everything collapses. Okay, why? Cuz yeah, Dan. Cause it does. Dan. It just does, asshole. Um, <laughs> oh, someone's gonna write in and explain. Oh, a very, it all. very in-depth explanation. Yes, that's fine. Uh, and then their second thing is guide reproduction wisely, impro- improving fitness and diversity. Eugenics. It's eugenics. I mean, oh it's not Who are these strict people? eugenics, but like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like you could easily line that up with eugenics, and nobody would, nobody would know the the, the difference, right? And this was 1979 or, or 80 that this was erected. Oh, so. you're kidding? Oh, it's been there for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway, oh, okay. And then there's a whole bunch of there's a bunch that I really like. Okay. Uh, guideline number four is rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Right. I like that one. Okay. Um, this, there's some goofball ones. Unite humanity with a living new language. Oh. I have seen so many dingbats decide that a, li- that a new language is what will bring peace to the world. Damn. It's not. You're not going to unite new humanity with, with a language. No. First of all, as the second you decide you come up with a new language... It starts splintering yeah. into dialects, into different ways that different people speak it. Yeah. There was a brilliant, was it This American Life? Was it uh, Radiolab? One of those about a guy, a dude who came up with like a written language that, would, that could be universal. Oh, nice. That does, that, that's not tied into language, but is just pictures. sort of pictorial. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's not just pictures, but it's something that it, we could all learn fairly easily and then communicate with each other. Because it's not tied to words. Right. right. That, to me, is brilliant. That was not his idea, though. His Uh, idea was that everyone has to learn it exactly as he wrote it, and then it will, like, cause peace on Earth or whatever. No. You're not going to cause peace, you dipshit. But you came up with a decent idea. Like, to me, (laughs) a written language that we can use to communicate with anybody else, regardless of what their spoken language is, that's genius. Right. That would be great. Teach that in every school in the world, and and we're okay. You know, we've got something to go on. Right. No. Anyway. Wow, that really got you going, Dan. Yeah, I do wish that they would do that. That's a great idea. (laughs) But people coming up with the, you know, the guy who, who invent the people who invented Esperanto. Yeah. They thought it would bring about world peace or yeah. whatever. Just no, sh- yeah. shut and- your hippie fucking mouth. <laughs> You're not going to g- create world peace well, because we all are linguistically aligned. Yeah. And my main, my main beef with whatever language it ended up being mm-hmm. is the American South would figure out how to like make it sound stupid. <laughs> I speak Esperanto. <laughs> like Peggy Hill in her Spanish. Did you ever watch oh, King of the Hill? I love that show. <laughs> uh, yo, yo, hablo espanol. <laughs> oh my god. I here. Here's the thing. If you're if you're a, a small group of of loyal Americans and you decide you want to come up with ten guidelines uh-huh. to guide humanity into glory into reason and into perfection you know mm-hmm. into a more uh perfected humanity right i think some of these are good some of them are so dopey though it's just like why that <laughs> well did they have a meeting and like one person was just like insisting that that was what was going to do it and everybody else was just like okay 
We'll just we'll leave that one in. Maybe we'll get it out later. I don't know. And it made it onto the onto onto the rocks. Uh, but they only had space for ten. And they let it be one of the ten. Yeah, it's crazy. Hmm. I mean, yeah, when it says things like balance personal rights with social duties. Okay. Does it need to be written? Maybe. I don't know. But it's a good one. Like, I believe in that, I guess. They don't give any guidelines as to how that's achieved or accomplished. But okay. Huh. Let let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Wow. What the fuck are you on about? Why are you delving into world politics? I, I, Dan, I'm, I'm, I, I gotta say, I, I get the conspiracy theorists on this one, right? Like I totally do. Like, what the fuck is this thing? Exactly. Like, it feels like maybe some space aliens came down, uh huh, and they were like, once you figure this out, <laughs> then we will show ourselves to you, right? Exactly. Without ever saying that, you know. Yeah. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Well, doy. <laughs> I'm telling you. Did you come up with that one all by yourself there, Bingo? Because that is a <laughs> relatively obvious concept. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, yeah, the, the conspiracy theories run fast and furious on uh, that yeah, particular. Sure. Whatever your favorite one is, that's going <laughs> to oh, yeah. give you lots of ammunition. Uh, and, now, and now it's like, you know, and because it has remained anonymous, yeah. no one has ever claimed credit for this thing. That's amazing. Oh, they run, they, oh, the conspiracy theorists love it. It's the New World Order. It's the, the lizard people. Oh, yeah. Uh, because the guy's name was... Uh, was Robert C. Christian. Uh-huh. Then they're like, R.C. Christian. That sounds like Rosicrucian. And that's a, oh, my God. It's yeah. a, you know, like, like, anything, anything can be a a, a, a a little peephole into the the uh, the world of, of conspiracy theories. Yeah. So, yeah. Ten. I wish they'd picked a different number. I know, right? Do 11. 11 would have been amazing. Really mess with everybody. Yeah. That would have screwed up some people. Yeah. The human obsession with 10. And it's all based. It's just because we got like how many fingers you got. I don't know. I got this many. (laughs) Let's do one for each of my digits. Let's base everything off. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Hey, we need to thank somebody. Yes, we do. Uh, We have our pantheon, Dan. Yeah. Our lords and saviors, our top donors, uh, these are people who went to our website, Yes, uh, thankgodimatheist.com, and clicked on the support tab. Uh, and then yeah, they, we, we they, need they that. They specifically chose to go to Patreon, Yeah, uh, where uh, they then signed up for a level of support. Then all seven of these people are tied for first place, essentially. Yes. Um, and so I need to, and we need to thank all of them. Yeah. Uh, Jash, Scott, Melissa, D, Hannah, Liz, and Judy. So thank you uh, to all of you, and thank you to all of our supporters. Blessed be they. They are they are our lords and saviors. Now I will point out. Yeah. The position's ripe for the taking. <laughs> Any one of these people can just have it. Or someone else Easily. could jump in. Well, yeah, and they they know the amount. Yeah, that's true. All they have to do is like slightly raise it. <laughs> they could go in. They they might. I don't know. Can other lords and saviors zap them Ooh, for doing so? I anyway, uh, our, you know our show doesn't run unless we have donors, and so we thank yeah. you guys so much for all of your help. And uh, and peace be with you. Amen. Amen. Dan. Yeah. Uh, I was minding my own business yesterday. Uh-oh. Sitting on my couch and uh, having to look up the address where I needed to send my tax check. Oh. And I opened up my phone, opened up the Googs. Yeah. Oh. And right at the top was a story about Notre, Notre Dame. Yeah. Not and Notre Dame. Not Notre Dame. Notre That's... Dame. Uh, in Paris. And uh, 
that's what my the whole rest of my day was essentially about. It was it's it, it was kinda, shocking. It shocked the it, hell out of me. It was really it was it was really quite a quite a, a gut punch. Yeah. To see that stunning yeah architecture yeah ablaze. Yeah, I know. Uh it's a, you know it's one of those things and it, what's funny is I commented to a friend of mine as as we were discussing about it. And I said I'm guessing that there are some atheists out there there's somebody who's saying, oh, well, one less church. Oh, God. I hope not. I, you th- know there is. There probably are. You know, you know there are, yeah. sadly. Yeah. But, uh, but, but for those of us who uh, appreciate architecture and history and, 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 yeah. and art, yeah. it, was, it was quite horrifying to yeah. see that spire come down, yeah. to see the video of the blaze. It's... Uh, it was quite a thing. But there are some mixed feelings. You know what I mean? Like, this, well, is, th- this is an edifice that is uh, dedicated to grand lies yeah. that, are, uh, that are painful and hurtful lies. Yeah, but foundational lies of the West. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really? That sounds like a book. The foundational lies of the West. It actually should be a book. <laughs> that, sh- that sounds like a really interesting... <laughs> historical uh, work. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, no, I, I I know Dan, like it's uh you know, I but I squared this circle a long time ago. Sure, I think. Because my I I absolutely uh love um traveling throughout, you know, Europe. Yeah. And for me a big part of that is stepping into the local cathedral. Oh Even yeah. Even if it's not an an important cathedral, sure. It still it's it gives you a glimpse into that community and it does. and uh and and yeah, okay, the artwork is generally all on well, it's all on the same theme to say the, to <laughs> right. say the least. Yeah. Um but um but it, but but it runs the gamut. Yeah. It can yeah. be it can be stunning artwork. Yeah. It can be that dopey like Jesus that that lady repainted. Oh, that she helped in Spain. It could yeah. be. It could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, the, these these grand old cathedrals, they were built to inspire. They were built to lift the senses. Yeah, right. And they do. They do. They they figured something out with those damned flying buttresses and <laughs> giant stained glass windows. That on a on a on a sunny day, if you're walking through. Uh, one of those cathedrals, when the light is hitting right, uh, it's it it takes your breath away yeah. almost literally. Well, and they and and they you know they go after all your senses. There yeah. are, there are smells that mm-hmm. are different, and there are, you know there are sounds that are different. Yeah, and it's and it feel you know it's a great you know it, it they do a really good job of creating a space that can be meditative, mm-hmm. that can be a reflective. Yeah, and uh, and. We don't, you know, we we don't have uh, many institutions in a in a modern sort of secular con- context that give us that. No, that no. give us that give us a place to to just duck into and look at some, you know, something that 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 inspires some awe, uh-huh. and uh, and and take a moment to reflect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's. Uh... And so yeah it was it was it was really shocking and sad and of course when when I was when I started watching and I I tuned to the major news networks sure uh in order to to get the live the live feed essentially but it it, it was it was sort of clear at that moment even though it turned out to be wrong but it was it, it, it there was a moment when it felt like the thing the, the whole cathedral was a was a total loss right like the flames were so large yeah and so like i mean they were they were high and reaching high yeah and all along the length of the building yeah totally and uh and it was like this thing is is, is gone it's yeah exactly right? this edifice and there that the, whatever they would rebuild would be um you know just a facsimile 
essentially. Yeah, and, it, and, you know, if and, it were if it actually collapsed, would they even bother? Why would they bother to rebuild it? I think they would though. Do you? They I, would build something there. They would build something. But, I don't I don't um, think they would rebuild that building though. I don't know. I think who knows. The obsession with with uh I I absolutely think they probably would have. I mean, I'm, but but that's an interesting thing, Dan. Like because in 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 the process of now you know, rebuilding what what they have to rebuild, right? Which is the the roof and the um, the steeple, and obviously all the stuff that inside that burned up, and all the stained glass windows, and all of that. Um, but will they build the stuff that uh, is being replaced? The ornamental stuff. Mm. Are they going to build it exactly the same? Yeah, because it, it almost feels like there's you would be trying to skip over this this event in the life of the building right that happened in 2019 this yeah. when when there was a massive fire that threatened the cathedral will they build the spire on top to be exactly the same or will they decide let's let's have a contest right let's find a way to Let, let's to we, honor the we'll have some stuff inside the building pictures and you know, uh, some sort of interpretive something or other that honors what was there. Right. But do we do it exactly the same? Like, or do we leave our mark? Do we leave the 21st century's mark on this 850-year-old building? Right. Right. I mean, who knows what they'll do. Who does know? I remember, so I I first saw the building as a child. I was was there. My parents took me, uh, I was in... I want to say fourth grade. Oh boy! And my parents took us, Woo. me and my sister, to to Europe, and we they didn't take us into Notre Dame mm-hmm. because we were uh, little, and I think at that point it was like the toward the end of our trip, and oh. we were fed up with buildings that we didn't give a fuck about as children and you'd proven that you were willing to throw that tantrum yes indeed and also we were uh we were apparently enamored of some old lady who was feeding birds outside of it oh so we were just out there feeding birds i do remember my mom pointing in a direction toward the cathedral Uh and saying do you see the flying buttresses look at the flying buttresses and me being utterly confused because I'm looking all around the cathedral for something flying. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. maybe witches or birds. I didn't what know. What is a buttress? I know nothing about a buttress. And uh, and so she, I never did clue into what she was talking about. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So that's the first but, time you encountered the building. But the most recent time I, I encountered the building, yeah. the last time I went, uh, was a few years back. And huh. yeah, there's just, uh, it, it. It is this enormous, gorgeous, like the height of it. When you yeah. walk in, the majesty, the grandeur of it, like uh-huh. you don't even get that sense from the outside. You walk in and you see, you feel the, yeah. the grandeur of this place oh, and yeah. it's stunning. Yeah, I know. And it's dark uh-huh. and brooding in this Gothic cathedral. So in, in stark contrast to like, for instance, uh, um, uh, St. St. Paul's Cathedral uh-huh. in London, which is so bright and airy inside, oh, wow. okay. equally grand in right. scale, but so much, but such a different experience mm. Uh, mm. to 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 Notre Dame. Huh. Yeah, it's a yeah. I mean, what what's your experience going in there? Uh, well, let's see. I I was in college. So it was a little while ago. Yeah. Um, I remember the I remember the windows. I remember being struck by by the windows, and um, I can't remember if it was a sunny day or whatnot. But I do remember they were beautiful. Mm. Um, and I we we went in and did the whole little walk around thing. Mm-hmm. I don't have any like clear specific memories other than just that giant the rose window right at the entrance yeah. or above the entrance. Um, I do remember it from the outside in like, it was the first place I went mm. after checking into the hostel. Okay. Cause I was meeting up with friends who sure. were already traveling and it was, I had sort of arrived and checked into the hostel and I still had a couple hours and I was like, well, I'm going to Notre Dame. Sure. So the subway Metro got myself over there 
and wandered around and kind of did my first little pass and take in of the whole thing. Now, and how then, old were you? Oh, I was in my 20s. So, so fairly newly atheist at this point. Yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting time to to sort of check out a church. I don't know. I never had any problem with that kind of stuff. I don't think it's a problem, but it is interesting. <laughs> it's it's interesting. I mean, and you were never Catholic, so right. it wasn't a church that would have For me, met. it's a historic site. Right. That's what I love about them. I love the architecture, and I love the 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 sort of the lofty goals that the architects of these buildings had, you know, yeah. and designers over, over generations. I mean, you can't say one architect really. Um, that's true. And, uh, I mean, the, the building started as the, the very base of the building is the, the start of a Romanesque cathedral. Right. And then they started developing these ideas as the decades passed. And then they built the first grand Gothic, you know, cathedral, um, and sort of set the new trend. But anyway, um, but I remember, you know, sort of first, first sight seeing it as I walked into that, that area. And then, uh, cause there's like a little plaza area out front. And then, uh, I, and then we, we must've, I must've seen it every single day that we were there in Hmm. Paris because I remember we did like a little night stroll mm. and I remember just sort of also then again, just kind of passing by and in an evening and just being like, Oh, Hey, there it is again. Yep. You know? And so it was like, um, yeah. Which is funny cause it's on an Island in the sense. So it's not like it's, you don't, you don't necessarily feel that cause there's several, uh, roads that lead onto right. that Island. But it, but it's, it's funny that, that you'd, casually just sort of pass by it but it's so central it's but you so, do it's yeah. so much a part of the city if you're just walking along you know the left bank yeah you're, you're gonna walk by it there it is you know it it is interesting as an atheist you know i i talked earlier in the show about having gone to a mosque in india uh-huh. and i've gone to you know hindu temples and i've gone to i you know i've been to a lot of different places of worship mm-hmm. uh, around the world and none of them stuck. Weird, right? <laughs> you know, you'd think it's some some of one what, of them sooner or later. Something's going to get to me at some point. <laughs> that hard heart of yours. I went to you know I've been to a Zen Buddhist ceremony and yeah, stuff. It's and not going to stick. None of it stuck. It's so weird. Anyway, uh, but it is. I, I I you know you and I have talked about this before, but I really do think that it speaks to an interesting need in humanity and Hmm. i do wish you know when i'm a when i'm a secular billionaire maybe i'll maybe i'll build some some secular places of 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 reflection and and whatever yeah that people can just sort of donate to and just for the upkeep and go and you know light a candle or some incense or something but it'd have to be a new language of inspiration yeah, but draw. Right. But I would want it to draw on all of these other things. Yeah, that's where you go wrong. No, no, no. You no. got you to give you got to give people a bridge. Hmm. Gotta, it can be beautiful architecture. I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like but I want the height. Light want, a candle. Did, did I hear that come out of your mouth? Yeah. Why not? Oh, people no. love candles. No, no. Can, candle light is pretty. Oh, no, no, no. You're just afraid that it'll burn down, and I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for That's trying not to what keep that. my temple safe. Uh, no. I like, won't call it a temple. I'll say that. What would you call it, Dan? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Thing. It would just be called the thing. An edifice. Yes, exactly. An edifice. Nope. Now you just ruined it. You just <laughs> ruined the whole concept. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from you about your experiences uh, as in in different houses of worship what have you ever been inspired have you been in, have you been made to to feel sick by them certainly if you go into a mormon word house Ugh. there will be no inspiration 
you will not feel that. Uh, anyway, you can write into us, podcast at thinkautomatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Indeed. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist, and click on that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge or request to join. It's a closed group. We'll let you in. Yeah. Also, check us out on Reddit, Twitter. Look for uh, TGIAtheist on both those platforms. Yep. Uh... Speaking of the social media, thanks so much to Mackenzie for all of her hard work on the Facebook page. Thanks to Danny and Amy for being moderators at the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music and to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thank all of you for tuning in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.